Hello, and welcome to Living Fit with your hosts, James and Karen Roberts, personal trainers, life coaches, and motivational speakers. This program promotes good health through nutrition and physical activity. If you are interested in starting a personal fitness training program, please contact either Karen Roberts at 336-202-2313 or James Roberts at 336-707-7719. You can also contact them at Facebook at livingfit.com.co. Please consult your medical doctor before starting any exercise program or nutritional plan. And now, here's James and Karen. Hi, and thank you once again for tuning in to my Fit Tip. So, this week I have a question for you. Is your brain on cheese? Proverbs 25 and 27 says, It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. So God warns that gouging on too much of anything can bring nausea, sickness, and disease. So are you a cheese lover? If so, you're not alone. Cheese is one of the hardest habits to regulate. It's what keeps most vegetarians from going vegan. The salty, fatty goodness makes you salivate just getting a tiny whiff. Many will say, but it's so good. Well, there's more to the story. You may, in fact, be hooked on cheese, so to speak. It turns out there's a reason behind our cravings. Cheese contains a casein-derived morphine-like compound. When consumed, these fragments attach to the same brain receptors that heroin and other narcotics attach to. Dr. Neil Barnard, author of The Cheese Trap and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, says this compound is not strong enough to get you arrested, but they are just strong enough to keep you coming back for more and more, even while your thighs are expanding before your very eyes. Some researchers believe this is Mother Nature's way to keep babies nursing during infantry, infancy, um, which helps the survival of the species. And that also helps explain why babies look so happy when nursing and why it feels so good to eat cheese. To give you a perspective, one cup of milk contains 7.7 grams of protein, 80% of which is casein. When converted to cheddar, for example, the protein content multiplies seven times to 56 grams. It's the most concentrated form of casein in any food in the grocery store. And Michael Rowland, a former contributor to Food and Drink, puts it this way. Basically, if milk is cocaine, then cheese is crack. Cheesy breadsticks are one of the main weapons food companies have deployed to keep you hooked. Most companies that sell cheese are well aware of its addictive nature and the statistics to go along with it. Companies leverage our addiction to their benefit. During a presentation by Dairy Management Inc., also known as the American Dairy Association, it was suggested that The key to increasing the demand for cheese was to trigger cheese cravings. The presenter broke cheese consumers into two categories. Number one, the enhancers. Those who sprinkle cheese on pasta and salad and different things from time to time, 
they were not worth targeting. Cravers was the second category. People who love cheese and will consume it whenever possible. They then proceeded to work with fast food companies to promote more cheese-heavy products on their menus and then target cheese cravers. Does this sound familiar? Cheddar lovers pizza, stuffed crust pizza, burgers with double and triple the cheese. If so, this is by design. Now, why is this important? Because according to the USDA, 76% of Americans are now obese and the number is still climbing. In order to get these numbers down, it helps to identify some of the most addictive foods so we can begin to manage how often we eat them. And if you're having health issues or want to prevent future health issues, you may want to cut back on or avoid cheese altogether. So as always, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. Thank you for tuning in and please pass this on to family and friends. And don't forget to tune in to Living Fit with James and Karen Roberts today and every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on 100.7 FM, The Joy. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for joining us for Living Fit. I'm James Roberts. We are talking about today stress, uh, how stress is affecting us uh, mentally, physically. We want to get our brains right. We want to get our mood right. We want to be able to go through this life doing what Jesus said, living abundantly. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Are you afraid? Are you in fear? Is there anxiety in your life that you need to get rid of? Well, Jesus says that you can have peace because he left peace with us and he gave us peace. Not as the world gives peace, but we know that we have God's peace because we have God's spirit. Psalms 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Are you being moved? Are you being aggravated? Are you being upset? It's hard for us. Stress management may result in health problems linked to uh, uh, that are linked to stress, which include cognitive problems, uh, higher risk of Alzheimer's disease, and dementia. We are God's people, and God says that he is uh, there for us, and he will give us peace. So we don't have to be stressed. It's not uncommon to feel disorganized and forgetful when you're under a lot of stress. And that's the reason why God doesn't want us to be stressed. He wants us to cast our anxieties upon him. 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, But all things should be done decently in order. If you keep yourself organized, this is going to help you relieve stress. Do things decently in order. You know, keep things organized. My grandson came to visit, and he said that uh, they do things differently at his house 
And I said, well, we don't do that here at my house. We have to go ahead and take care of things now. We don't let things get all out of whack before we try to keep things uh, organized. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. We All we have to do is remember what God has already said, what he's already given us as far as the power to live this life out. That's the most important thing we have to remember when it comes to not being stressed and uh, managing our stress. But moreover, long-term stress, stress may change our brains in ways that affect our memory. And we want a good memory so that we can, can be able to remember what God has already done for us. Dr. Kerry Ressler, a chief scientific officer at McLean Hospital and a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, did a study with both animals and people that showed clearly stress can affect how our brain functions. The scientists have seen changes in how the brain processes information when people experience either real-life stress or manufactured stress in this research. The researchers uh, found that uh, when they challenge subjects to perform a difficult task, such as counting backwards from 1,073 by 13s uh, while being graded, it didn't make any difference whether it was uh, real stress or imaginary stress. There was still an interference in the cognition and attention of the people. So stress is very, very dangerous for us. And we want, to, we want to talk about how we, as a people, need to learn to manage our stress. Stress affects not only our memory and our brain, but uh, our mood, our anxiety. But it also promotes inflammation in our body, which can cause us heart problems. And we already know that heart attacks... Heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. It affects our blood pressure. It affects whether or not we get any kind of disease. Stress has been associated with multiple chronic diseases, both brain, heart, cancer, arthritis, you name it. Stress is a problem for us, and stress can be handled differently between uh, men and women. But then we have to realize that stress is something that works on our brain. Your brain isn't just a single unit, but a group of different parts that perform different tasks. Researchers believe that when one part of your brain is engaged, the other parts of your brain may not have as much energy to handle their own vital task. So what do we talk about? If you're in a uh, dangerous or emotionally taxing situation, the amygdala, the part of the brain that handles your survival instincts, may 
take over, leaving the parts of your brain that help to store memories and perform higher order tasks with less energy and ability to get their jobs done. We want our brains to function properly. We want to feel calm, cool, and collected. And the way to do this is to handle stress in its proper way. Dr. Ressler says the basic idea is that the brain is shunning its resources because it's in survival mode, not memory mode. And if we do that too often, it starts to damage our brain. And this is why you might be more forgetful when you're under stress or may even experience memory lapses during traumatic events. The effects that uh, stress has on our brain and body may also differ between, uh, depending on when it occurs in our life. Uh, If you were traumatized uh, when you were younger, Certain hormones, known as gondolal hormones, uh, which are secreted in large amounts during fetal development, puberty, and pregnancy, and depleted during menopause, may play a role in how stress affects an individual. They say, for example, reductions in the gondolal hormone extradal during the menopausal transition may change how your brain responses responds to stress in women. And we need to know how we can protect ourselves from damaging stress. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We can't fix tomorrow. We can only work from where we are. We need to take our time, manage today, so that we can get to tomorrow and manage it. But we need to plan for tomorrow. But we need to stay focused on what's going on today. To better cope with our stress, we need to consider how we might minimize the factors that makes it worse. So... Let's talk about some things that we can do to manage stress and prevent some of those damaging effects that could happen to our brain. We can establish some control over our situation. You know, sometimes we, we do have control over our situation. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, I was with so-and-so and I didn't want to say, we got to manage, we got to manage our values. If we have values, stick to our values. If you're trying to work on your health, stick to those values. Don't get pulled in to what other people are doing because you don't want to upset them. They Because that could be very detrimental to your health. And what you want to do is establish some control over your situation. If stress isn't predictable or we can't focus on it, but when we know what we're supposed to be doing and we still go ahead and let things get out of whack, 
then this is where stress comes in. We need to focus on controlling the things that we can control. We need to have a, a routine that is good, that develops health. So because predictability combats stress. When I know what's going to happen, I know how to handle the stress. That's the reason why each night before I go to work to bed, I make sure that I know what's going to happen the next day. I know when I'm going to get up. I know how many people I have to train. I know how many things I have to get done. If I have to train and do work around the house or if I, and that's the reason why we like to keep our place organized. We need to make sure uh, I can't leave dishes in the sink and let Karen uh, have to worry about cleaning them up. I can't make a mess and she can't make a mess and leave it for me. We work together. We have to all have predictable things happening so it can't combat our stress. And that's where we go into getting a good night's sleep. Stress can result in sleep difficulties. If I don't have a good day today, I'm probably not going to sleep good tonight. So I want to make sure that I was uh, accomplishing some goals today so it results in me having a good night's sleep. Lack of sleep can make stress so much worse. And we know that because we see people today who are not sleeping well, who are stressed out, who are having anxiety, who are having depression, who are not getting the proper rest, not eating right, not sleeping, not exercising. All these things cause us to be stressed. Sleep, depri sleep deprivation makes part of the brain that handles higher order functions work less well. So we want to encourage you to turn off your TVs, turn off those blue lights, darken your rooms, get good sleep, read a book, stop watching this junk on TV. That's another thing that stresses us out. All the news, all the commercials, all the things that make us think that we don't have enough, that, that somebody's going to take something from us, that we're not, you know, we can't do anything about those things. There's nothing we can do about what's out there. Well, the only thing we can work on, what's in here, inside of us. We have God's Spirit on the inside. We can work on us. We can fix us. And having a healthy sleep habit can help you function better the next day and the next day and the next day. And organizing your day, writing things down, this is going to help you. Now, that includes getting to bed at a decent hour, not eating before you go to bed, avoiding things like caffeine, uh, afternoon, creating a relaxing sleep environment. The Bible tells us that if we, we you know if we're married, we should not go to bed angry with one another. We have to have good conversations with our spouses and our 
it was, if anybody's in our house, our family, we didn't have good relationships. This is very stressful when we're trying to manage, uh, trying to control other people. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. We can't do it. We just sow seeds, put some water on it, and then it will grow. But we can't watch it grow. We have to just wait. The Bible says to wait on the Lord and he shall renew your strength. We got to wait. We're not going to change people. Like I said, when I was speaking to my grandson, he didn't like what I was saying. And he has a, he didn't do it. He didn't do it right after I told him to do it. But I already knew how I would respond. I'm not angry with him because I know that he is still young and he's still learning. And I have to be patient. And I have to go back and tell him, come here, try to do this again. Now, Eventually, that will pay off, but it doesn't look like it right now because he gets angry. He gets, you know, all he does is ask me to do things. It doesn't make any difference. We have to talk to our children, show them that we're interested in them being successful, and we have to tell them why we do it. I told him I want him to be successful in life, and he won't be successful if he does what he wants to in somebody else's place because he wants to go into the military. And I told him in the military, there's structure and he plays an instrument. I asked, I asked the question, do you just play any note you want to, or do you try to get the music to make sense when you're reading it? Do you, I mean, you just don't do what you want to. Everybody has problems. If we, we stress over things that we shouldn't stress over. We, if we know what is expected, is predictable, we can do it. We need to have a concrete list of what we want to do each day. Not just what we want to do, but how we're going to do it, the way we're going to do it, the things that it would take to accomplish the goal. Nobody builds a house just throwing down blocks and then putting a frame up on it. You have to know and uh, everything is level. Uh, you have to make sure everything is, is in its proper place. And this is the way we don't become overwhelmed. When we have a list, when we have structure, when we have things written down in front of us that we can follow, we need to lay out our task. Write your journal. Write down that I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to study God's Word. I'm going to pray and meditate. I'm going to, to think on these things that God says I should think of, the things that are lovely, the things that are of good report. I'm going to think on things that God says I should be thinking of. And if I need help, I'm going to get it. I'm not going to just tell myself, well, they, they know what they did wrong. Everybody knows when somebody does something wrong. You know, I hear it all the time. They know they did this to me. Well, that may be true, but in my profession, I have to tell people stuff several different times. I have to show them the same thing over and over and over. 
Does it anger me? Absolutely not. Because eventually they'll come in and they will get it right. But if I just let them do it the way they want to, if I, if I keep stressing about, well, they'll never do it right, I show them the proper way to do it. And if you're going to be successful in helping your family and helping your health and keeping your anxiety down and keeping your memory functioned well, keeping that prefrontal lobe well, and being able to hear from God, you're going to have to realize that there's going to be some days that you have to speak up. And when your spouse, I know a lot of times they get mad when I say stuff. Well, don't say it in anger. Say it in love. Say what needs to be said. If you can joke about it, me and my wife, it's times that we get mad with each other. I, I'm not going to lie to you. We get mad and but we come back together by the end of the day because I love her and she loves me. And we try not to stress each other out. And I say try, we don't. We don't stress each other out. If possible, we work through problems and we talk about things and everybody should do that in marriage. And you should do it in your workplace. If you work with somebody on a daily basis, you are together and you have to work things out. You have to be able to uh, intervene, have somebody that can help you with your problem. Just can't let, let that soak up and you get more and more stressed and it ends up affecting your health. Because let me tell you, all the exercise, all the walking, all the food that you eat, stress will knock all that away. Blood pressure will be high, heart disease will come in, cancer. You allow things into your body. That's the reason why you need to be at peace. Peace, as Jesus gave us peace. We need to change our attitude about stress because a life without stress is impossible. I stress my body every day when I go to the gym. I have to put stress on it for the body parts to grow. And I don't work one body part. I work every body part in order for something to get to grow and be stronger. I have to stress it. And stress is something that helps us grow. Psalms 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We have to afflict ourselves and James says, count it all joy when all these t tests and temptations come against us because we know that we are building our, we're building our faith when we do this. We're building up our endurance. We're building up the way we're going to deal with things in the future. So rather than striving for no stress, strive for healthier responses to the stress Showing that your family, your family, that, you know, all of us go through it. Like I said, all of us will stress. We will want to buy a house, and we're stressed about it, but we figure it out. So we want to buy a car, we figure it out. We want to have a child, we figure it out. It's expensive. There's evidence that chronic, persistent stress can rewire our brain. And scientists have learned that in animals, 
that experience prolonged stress have activity in parts of their brain that handle the higher order tasks, for example, the prefrontal cortex, and more activity in the primitive parts of the brain that are focused on survival, such as the amygdala. It's much like what would happen if you exercise one part of your body and not the other part. We need to exercise our brains. We need to have some structure and we need to make sure that even though it's stressful, that we, we do task our brains when we go to school to learn. We have to take tests in order to get better and get more information and use that information to, to get some wisdom so that we can do our jobs, so that we can be performing what God has said for us to do. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm James for Karen. We appreciate you listening today. Let's work on our bodies, work on our health, work on our brains, keep living fit and doing what matters. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living Fit. Please consult a physician or fitness professional before beginning any activity if you are under their care. If you would like to contact James or Karen, you can do so through the website, Facebook at livingfit.com.co or call. Until next time, keep living fit and do what matters. Thank you.